Hi, I'm Tom Henriksen from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers, and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today, we're going to talk about storytelling for tech professionals with Jennifer McMillan. Jennifer, introduce yourself to the people here at Tech Career Talk. Hi. Hi, Tom. Hi, people here uh, at Tech Career Talk. I'm Jennifer McMillan. I am a storyteller, actor, educator, activist. Uh, I'm a teacher uh, currently at Heroic Public Speaking in Lambertville, New Jersey, where I teach storytelling, but I've been a teacher of improvisation and acting and all things story for many years. I have a graduate degree from the University of Pennsylvania in education and counseling. Uh, and I am a creative writer and a professional speaker. Uh, and in my free time, I like to spend time with my uh, two cats and my fiance and uh, live, you know, kind of in a really nice idyllic space. So taking walks and doing yoga. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Jennifer, I'm so glad to have you on. Now, obviously, in the tech space, a lot of people probably don't think about storytelling, but it's, it's near and dear to my heart. And we met as you were talking about HPS core, I went through that, I'm going to do grad here in a little while. But it, it was one of these things is I've worked in the technology space for a few years, I have some gray hairs to show about it. But I think in the technology space, a lot of times we, we delve into data and, and try to get into some things that I think are important. I'm not saying they're not, but I think having a story is so helpful. So I think really to, to just kind of start us off, why do you think storytelling is important, Jennifer? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, stories are quite literally how we make meaning of our lives mm -hmm. and the world around us. It is, it is on some level absolutely that profound we tell stories all day long, even without realizing it. We tell stories about ourselves, who we are, right? There's an entire counseling theory called narrative therapy that's about mm -hmm. you unpacking the stories you tell about yourself. I'm the kind of person who is a story that you're telling about yourself. Yeah. All the way down to storytellers, there's some really interesting social science about storytellers, um, passing on their genes more readily and social scientists wondering sort of what that was about mm. um, you know uh, are, are, are storytellers more passionate you know they're wondering and what they actually found was that storytellers were more well connected mm. they had more community resources they knew more people so when they needed something medicine, you know, some kind of support, spiritual advisement, education, or whatever, they had a larger network. Yeah. Storytellers are great networkers, you know, and they have a knack for being able to bring resources together because they end up gathering a lot of people to them. If you, all of our listeners can probably think of someone they would classify as a great storyteller someone in your family, mm -hmm. right? A, a regular at your bar, someone who just, right, right? Someone who, a great teacher, someone who just commands the room and a presence and people want to gather around and hear what this person has to say. So being a great storyteller, right, attracts a lot of different kinds of people to you. Mm -hmm. and that is a very powerful position for people who work, let's say, in activism, in sales, and yes, even in technology and IT spaces, because if you want uh, a person to adopt your, your big idea, to change their behavior, right, mm -hmm. to make some, to buy your product, right, to do something different, 
um, you can show them the data about it. You should. You should yeah. show them um, how many Midwestern housewives use this brand of vacuum. <laughs> and they, yes. will, they will nod and smile, right, mm -hmm. politely. You can. You can show it to them in a pie graph, too. You know, you can mix up, you can mix up how you present the data in all kinds of ways, right? But it's still at the end of the day, it's just data mm -hmm. until you hear the story behind the data. Well, one of those Midwestern housewives had a son who was deathly allergic to dust and no one could be, okay, well now, now we, we care because now there's a protagonist. Now that protagonist is potentially me. Mm -hmm. I am somehow now implicated in your, in what was just a moment ago, a data set. Yes. No one will ever come up to you after you have presented your pitch or your idea and say, oh my God, Tom, I just have to tell you, oh, that was the most incredible data set I've ever seen or heard. Where did you ever get it? How did you ever think of it? And, you know, the, the secret sauce that I remind a lot of my students is that we live in the world, we live in this age of technology where, and information, where if there's something we want to know about, for instance, how many Midwestern housewives own this brand of, everything is out there for the taking on the internet. Yeah. We can find that your data set the same way you found your data set, probably. <laughs> Which yeah. means we're not coming to hear you talk, you know, present your data set. We're coming because we're interested in your synthesis of yeah. that data set. What is the ultimate meaning of that data? Why is it important to me right here and now? Mm -hmm. And often that understanding is best facilitated with a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that reminds me, as you're talking, Jennifer, and I don't know if you've read the book or not by Dan Chip Heath, Made to Stick. So in that book, they actually go into a, a conference. It's an educational conference, and they did a study. I don't know if they did it or they were quoting the study, but anyways, this conference, they, they talked about, you know, these people had all these data sets, but what did people remember? They remembered the story. It makes sense because we're, humans are animals, right? Yeah. And we evolved in such a way, those of us, you know, who, who, have, who, who have been able to hang in, right, who yeah. haven't been eaten by predators, we were able to hang in because we, we, we were more adept than our peers at observing changes in our environment mm -hmm. and quickly scanning people um, to determine whether they were like us or not like us one of our tribe or not one of our tribe. Yeah. Which is a really fascinating place when you consider this is where we have evolved from and how, you know, storytellers are great at observation mm -hmm. and they are really good at sort of seeing the differences and finding the oddities of life and the differences and um, bringing tribes of people together, you know, mm -hmm. to work through a common good and getting people excited about change and feeling things yeah. more than thinking things. You know, we talk a lot about, we're very clear about what we want our consumer, our audience, our customer to think, mm -hmm. but we're much less clear on what we want them to feel. Yeah. And often we're motivated to action most from a place of feeling. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you, if you want, you know, my counseling, right, you don't have to be a counselor to understand. You don't have to have formal counseling training to understand. If you want someone to uh, quit smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. you can show them the data. You can give them, you can tell them how many hundreds of thousands of people have died, right, as a result of cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. But we, it just doesn't have the impact of telling that information in the story form. Here, this is George. George thought he was going to have 10 more years with his grandkids. Mm-hmm. That has people reconsidering themselves much much more quickly and it's powerful and it's profound and it's a it's a little bit more lasting you know i think i'm a people person and a words person i'm not a numbers person but i think Mm -hmm. even numbers people our brains don't necessarily want to hang on to strings of numbers but stories will haunt us yeah a great story just keeps coming back and playing mm-hmm. through your head and makes you want to return to it years later. Great stories stay timely and relevant, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, I talk a lot about, and you would, you would know perhaps from studying at CORE um, when I teach a very intro um, storytelling class about three-act structure mm-hmm. and some of the necessary elements of crafting a good story, I always use Dickens' A Christmas Carol as the example because it's, 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 it's broadly known and understood, right? Everyone's seen at least one version, even if it's the Muppet version. Um, <laughs> sometimes very smart people will admit to me, like, my only point of reference for, for that conversation was Muppet Christmas Carol, but it, it still worked, you yep. know? Great. So everybody's seen it, which is good on some level, but it's also incredibly relevant. It's mm-hmm. a conversation about wealth inequality, income inequality, the haves and the have-nots, greed versus the welfare of the common man, yeah. capitalism, industry, and isn't it that powerful that mm-hmm. you know during the during a Victoria the Victorian era, where they were talking about these things, we're talking about them now. So stories endure in a way. The, the data just does not. Yeah, yeah. So kind of level set, you kind of touched on it there, Jennifer, but yeah. what are the basics of a good story? Yeah, well, so I like to teach my students you can learn the rules so that later you can break them, right? I'm not the first person to say that, but that is something I believe as a storyteller. And so we always want to know, okay, what do I have to, what do I have to do? I should always this, I should never that. So these are sort of guidelines because it's a little bit more art than science storytelling mm-hmm. is. And sometimes breaking some of these rules can be very exciting. But for the most part, most stories follow a pretty clear, what we call a three-act structure. Mm-hmm. Most stories have exposition, which is the background that we need to know. What details do we need to understand to make sense and meaning of the world that we're in to understand what is normal for this character? What is mm-hmm. what we call stasis? So most stories begin in a state of stasis. Yeah. Uh, and so they have some given circumstances that have to have to do with the place and the time and the details of, you know, the, the main character is an accountant and it's, it's Christmas time, right? These are all uh, elements of the given circumstances. And then we have the second act, which is usually, you know, there's an inciting incident. There's an event without which there would be no story. Mm-hmm. Something happens that breaks the stasis, right? That changes the world. And so in A Christmas Carol, I point students 
to the visitation of 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 Jacob Marley, who says, right, like I'm gonna, you're gonna be haunted by some spirits, dude. Get ready. Yeah, <laughs> it's mean? coming. It's coming, and that is the inciting incident. If Jacob Marley never came, Scrooge would continue being super Scroogey. There would be no story there. Yeah. Right. And so there's the inciting incident. Then there's usually actions, some conflict Mm -hmm. and maybe some resolution and then some more conflict and more until eventually we have some resolution. It doesn't have to be happily resolved, mind you, but we have some kind of resolution and, um, and stasis is returned, sort of what is normal for the world is returned, but, but perhaps somehow in a changed way. So in A Christmas Carol, right, Scrooge becomes the total opposite of, of everything he was in the beginning of the story. He is now benevolent and good and uh, connected to his family and connected to his community and mm-hmm. a really good employer. Um, and it's very satisfying because it has a very neat, perfect structure. And so most stories will kind of follow along with those elements of three-act structure, some inciting incident, some given circumstances, some rising action, some conflict, some you know um, resolution, and then maybe a little falling action, and mm-hmm. then some kind of ending. Yeah. So those three parts kind of make it, holistic where you can kind of go along that journey with someone as they tell the story and and share those insights. Yeah. And ideally there's something at stake, right? Mm -hmm. There's some um, sense of urgency and importance to uh, what is going on in the world of this story. So for, for Ebenezer Scrooge in a Christmas Carol, what's at stake is well, quite literally his soul, you know, Mm -hmm. eternal damnation. It doesn't quite get any higher than that, but, but you know, so what's at stake for the character and then what is everything that that character is willing to do to get what they want, Mm -hmm. which can be a great way to consider writing comedy, which can be very challenging comedic stories Yeah, because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be funny. Mm -hmm. And that is usually not a successful method to actually (laughs) being funny uh, instead, you should just be deadly serious. You should, yep. you know, uh, create a character who has a very strong need and then allow that character to do absolutely everything and anything to get what they want to meet that need. So I always point students for that example to um, the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Uh, again, because so many people are familiar with the story, but it's a really sad story about actually at the beginning of the story, Robin Williams's character is going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. He's lost his job. Uh, you know, he feels like a bad dad. Pierce Brosnan has come onto the scene, right, to like replace him as the man of his family. Like, yeah. could it be any worse in some ways? And he just wants to be near his kids and his family and see them and be a part of their life. And so mm-hmm. he will do anything to do that. He doesn't want to dress up like an old lady, yeah. you know, but he's going to do it anyway because he wants to see his kids. And from that comes great comedy and great joy for the audience. But mm-hmm. these are, you know, st- you know, stakes and tactics, which often are included other elements that are important to a really vibrant story is a, yeah. is a great protagonist, a character that is willing to do great things to get what they want. So Jennifer, if we want to become better at telling yeah. stories, what, how do we do that? Well, I think the first thing is to believe that you have some. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people will think, uh, oh, I'm not particularly interesting. But yeah. then once they're prompted, if you're alive, you have stories. Mm-hmm. 
You, <laughs> you have funny stories. You have heart-wrenching stories. You have stories living inside of you that you haven't thought about for years and years and years. Yeah. And uh, that would actually be really meaningful to revisit now in the light of time or to mm -hmm. share with someone who actually really just needs that story, that message, right? Mm -hmm. That just, just that little medicine, little story medicine right there in that moment. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you can do is first to start to believe that you have some stories, see what you can create for yourself with a little kind of story catalog, right? Like mm -hmm. just to kind of jog your brain. Don't put, put a lot of pressure on yourself to sit down and write the next great American novel. Just see <laughs> if you can tell a few little stories, yeah. right? What's a fun story you like to tell at the bar? What's a fun story you like to tell at the, around the family dinner table? Mm -hmm. um, uh, what's a funny story you have about an object that you own? Yeah. Uh, and there's lots of great writing prompts out there. So, mm -hmm. and getting in some practice, you know, um, telling stories, being bold enough to, yeah. to take the stage a little bit, mm -hmm. right? And say, hey, you guys, do you want to hear something kind of nuts? And yeah. then, and the, you know, and then just let it fly and see how it lands and, and recalibrate from there. I think it also helps to consume stories. Mm. So as, as many stories as possible in as many formats as possible. So yeah. you get to actually watch, watch TV and you tell your significant other it's for work. It's research. Yeah. Because it is, yep. right? Yep. And also read books and listen to podcasts, comic strips, comic mm -hmm. books. Yeah. Stand up, you know, all of the richness, the diversity of communication that you mm -hmm. can find, diversity of thought, if you can find things from other cultures, in other languages, yeah. you know, push yourself a little bit outside your comfort zone, try to consume stories that you, you wouldn't necessarily perhaps just to see um, what's out there. And I think that that can be really informative as far as, you know, giving yourself permission to tell stories and finding voice, you know, considering for yourself, well, what's unique about me? I think, yeah. um, you know, how do I view the world in a little bit different way? And what do I have to say? And everybody has something to say, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Jennifer, you shared a lot with us. Any closing thoughts? Oh, um, yes. Thank you so much, Tom, for this opportunity. And I hope our listeners at home might uh, do a little homework assignment and, embolden themselves perhaps you know around the dinner table tonight or over breakfast tomorrow and tell a story to their family or their you know their housemates whoever's in their world call yeah. somebody up call a friend up and say do you want to hear a great story and uh and let it fly and see how it feels it is a wonderful way to connect with community and the people that are important to us and it's a great gift that you give to your listener when you tell a wonderful story. So uh, my closing thoughts are, please go tell stories. Excellent. Excellent. Jennifer, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Have a great one, Tom. If you have any questions, please email me at tom at myitcareercoach.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. On behalf of Jennifer McMillan, I am Tom Henriksen from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers. And thanks for watching Tech Career Talk. Thank <laughs> you.